Welcome to Infinite Fellowship Ministries where we train believers to know and to pursue God's perfect will so as to yield fruit for His kingdom. Here is a sermon by the Reverend Daniel Kamau. This is so reminiscent of some years back. Some years back we were meeting four of us before all this became manifest. And we used to sit four chairs, four men facing one another. No guitar, nothing. We would meet, greet one another in a place called the dungeon. <laughs> uh, people are looking at me, they've done what are you saying? Yes. We had a very illustrious launch, the year of our Lord, 2010, June. And then after that, people disappeared. Many people who had attended the launch disappeared. And so we were left four of us. Bishop, myself, Roy, and Charles. And we would meet. And we would have service. And we would pray. Two people joined us. Moshai joined. Innocent joined. Innocent came with his guitar. We were like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and we continued. And the sitting arrangement changed from four because people there are visitors who came and then the sitting arrangement was now like this, you know, where a bishop would go in front. I have a very good photo of Rev. Richard preaching. Uh, that's when we designed this guy is called to be an apostle. He was dropping some bombshells. We were like, who revealed this to you? Amen? And you see, people missed Christ for the manger. Okay? People missed Christ for the manger. They did, it did not happen. For his arrival did not appear the way they had expected it. All right? Only angels knew. Only the three Magi, the guys from the east, that famous location, the east, tracked everything. And they knew, no, he's not in the temple. If anything, they made a miscalculation in their steps. And they went to Herod. And then that unleashed some mayhem of what we would call a genocide of two anybody any boy was below two years. So do not miss the message for what is going on. If I told you what I was going through last Sunday in the morning, <laughs> I had to go to Ocha. That's what I tell people. Very early in the morning. I'm preaching on Sunday. Things are going haywire back home. And as it is the little one who wants to preach with me, I've woken up, I've dressed, I've everything. I feed her and I tell Mary, I'm going Ocha. So now, I say, I'm going Ocha, I need to go. Gone to a police station, done everything and came back. Right? I'm laying context. And then the Lord started to tell me, this message is so deceptively simple. And that is why it's being resisted the way it is. Okay? Last night, Evans, he reiterated it. It was 2.30 a.m. Okay, it's actually this morning. He said, this message, this, this your message, is so deceptively simple. It's attracting some form of opposition. Yeah. And the scripture, because it was my wife and I were watching something, and... Um, as is my culture, there is a modality in my household called pre-bedding. Mm -hmm. The sweetest of sleep is on the couch. Forget the bed. Mm -hmm. 
It's on the couch. But when I woke up, I found her, she was watching some sermons and the scripture that was being mentioned there on is that the kingdom faces violence and the violent take it by force. Hallelujah. So I want you to have that at the back of your mind. Amen. And in the course of the week, there were guys, <laughs> by the way, who were praying for children. Master Nathaniel has been unwell. Okay. I was asking the Lord, yeah, these are just sideshows. We went to the hospital. The doctor, a nice Somali woman speaking Somali English. He said, there's nothing wrong. This one, just don't worry. He's just a young boy. Just go and monitor. <laughs> I was like, okay. And I asked the Lord, what is it? He says, sideshows. Are we together? So are we going to let this sideshow deter us from what God would want us to know? No. Okay, good. I will do my best yes. to deliver that which the Lord would have me. Yes, Nathaniel. Uh-huh. You want to help me? <laughs> he's three months old, but he's currently speaking. I can hear what he speaks. So last, uh, just to recap, the river of God, the flow eternal. I want to recap for those who are not there. And as a good teacher, it's best practice to always recap first five minutes. We're good to go? So number one is that the voice of God is what initiates a flow in the life of a person that hears it. Okay. The moment. Hallelujah. The moment. You hear the word of God. By virtue of coming to infamy, how many have had a prophetic encounter? Okay, that word that you heard created a flow in the realm of the spirit. That is what I want to call your stream. That is what I want to call your stream. The fact that you heard God not just reading scripture. This is what we call rhema, prophetic word, that you had God. There is a flow in the realm of the spirit. Amen. And in my musings, I want to take you back. I think I was 16, 15 there and I was, I, I had seen the abuse of the prophetic. And that triggered a hunger in me to understand the veracity of it. And I inquired and I was telling you, I prayed earnestly to God, teach me about this thing. And he said, first of all, I'll teach you the thing that preceded it. And that is the apostolic. Amen. Yeah. And just so you know, the, the, the they that I had seen in their immaturity in handling the prophetic, they abused it. Yeah. That triggered me to look for the authentic. Yeah. When you see God speaking over the household of the Kegode, he's not undressing them in public. He's providing prophetic insight. Amen. The Bible records that Israel prospered because they had a prophet in their midst. That is what we call designing or finding out who is your prophetic accompaniment. Are we together? Bible says in Chronicles, listen to my servants, the prophets. Then you will do what? You will prosper. Amos 3, 5, the Bible says that God will not do anything on the face of the earth unless he does what? He reveals it to his servants, the prophets. So we start to place the proper emphasis on the prophetic. Amen. 
it becomes accurate thing that we walk with. Now, if you are like me, I have a vault in my heart for prophetic words. Therein, I draw out the technology I call the technology of tracking. Amen. If you send a dream to me of a period of time, I will refer to you to a dream you sent three years prior. There's a time Joshua, Joshua is a serial dreamer. He would send me dreams, 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 and I write them down, I put them on a word document, and we track. Then there's a time he sent a dream. And then the Lord told me, refer him to the old email. Then he would say, Dan, you know, actually God had told me you have a word for me. Amen. These words, write them down, pin them on your doors, that your children may not forget. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm recapping that the flow of God in our lives is generational. Deuteronomy we read that it says that the things that God has revealed to us are for us and our children. Amen. Amen. And I want to balance because I had some good time with the Holy Spirit recapping this for myself. You know, in the month of May 2015, there was a prayer held in my, in my house as a single man. And God spoke of biological and spiritual children. So I want to submit in light of that prophetic word that there are streams that are already generated in my life. They are not just for Master Nathaniel here or Ariel, the navigator, the explorer. They are for those that shall follow spiritually even. Amen. That any word we have received as a house is an inheritance. And that is why we call ourselves a lineage. Amen. The speaking of God in your life then therefore is full of the thoughts of God. I say the stream comes to over, over whole, replace and displace things. All right. The thoughts of God in this case, they are superior in nature. However, they are folly to those that are lost. To express the realities of God and his kingdom requires a civilization and an overhaul of mindsets, thought patterns that allow the expression of the life of God in the person's life. This I submit to us is a lifelong process. That we must be cultured spiritually. And this is what we are calling spiritual civilization. The speaking of God establishes his government in the life of a person. Abraham only lived in tents for the facility of movement in the land that God would show him. Because God's called him from here and the Ur of the child is say, come and move. He had no idea. He could not set root or build permanent houses. It because at one moment God would tell him, now get up and go. The Bible records that he saw a city whose builder and maker is God. This is a man who lived in tents. He was by the extremely wealthy in cattle and sheep and gold and silver. That is why he had 318 men to carry all that stuff. Amen. The government of God dictates what we call in this lineage 
righteous requirements. Hallelujah. Romans 12, 1 and 2 details the three levels we need to migrate into in order to attain proper congruence and conformity to be a proper funnel for the flow eternal. You must come to the place where you ascertain for yourself that which is good, acceptable, and then perfect will of God. Therefore then in infamy we have said this is a training ground to train believers to know then to pursue God's perfect will. For what? For fruit. For his kingdom. Consider that any time God has spoken in someone's life, he is looking for fruit. And that fruit will be determined by the quality of the stream of the river of God that you find yourself in. Praise be unto God. Preceding you, as you consider the speaking of God in your life, are they that have touched realms and realities in God. We looked at first John 1 through 4, that there are those who have touched depths of God, that by fellowshipping with them, we are to partake of their experience. Amen. That which we have heard in verse 3, first John 1, 3, and that which we have seen, heard, and we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus. And we are writing this thing so that there may be our joy, that our joy rather may be complete. I think it was Lele and uh, the other gentleman. There were words that were spoken over them three Sundays ago, but it was with a caveat that they were to walk with they that have been matured first by God in the realities that God foretold in their lives. Amen. What they were being invited to is into the streams of God and the depths of the stream that is this lineage. Praise be unto God. The source of the river of God is the presence of God itself. I don't know if the laptop or the screens and the, everything will be there, but kindly help go with me to Psalm 46 verse 4. I read this from the English Standard Version. There is a river whose streams... <laughs> Jesus Christ. The river that we are speaking for is a compendium of many streams. It is not just made of one. It has multiplicities of expressions of flow in it. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy habitation of the Most High. Revelation 4. A whole 13 verses. Do we have a microphone working? I want help in reading this. Sound guys? The river of God. The more I have inquired into it, the more I have started to see his emphasis for us as a house 
It is okay. Take your time, sound guys. I will read. In this, I'm reading from the Amplified Classic Edition. After this, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. You would ask yourself, where is this heaven? That there are doors. What kind of doors are these that are in heaven? As far as I'm concerned, this is a spiritual reality. It's a spiritual realm, yet it has doors. My God. A door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard addressing me like the calling of a war trumpet said, Come up here and I will show you what must take place in the future. At once I had, I came under the Holy Spirit's power. And behold, a throne stood in heaven. And one seated on the throne. And he who sat appeared like the crystalline brightness of Jasper and the fiery Sardius. And encircling the throne was a halo that looked like a rainbow of emerald. Wonder what Beyonce sings about. Verse 4. 24 other thrones surrounded this throne. And seated on the thrones were 24 elders. The members of this heavenly Sanhedrin arrayed in white clothing with crowns of gold upon their heads. Out of the throne came flashes of lightning, mumblings, rumblings rather, and peals of thunder. And in front of the throne, seven blazing torches burned, which are the seven spirits of God, the sevenfold Holy Spirit. Verse 6, and in front of the throne, there was also what looked like a transparent glassy sea as if of crystal and around the throne and the center at each side of the throne. Sorry, in the center at each side of the throne were four living creature beings who are full of eyes in front and behind with intelligence. So as, as to what is before and at the rear of them. Somebody tried to use an AI tool to depict graphically how these beings were looking. <laughs> <laughs> my God, what they are generating in that tool is amazing. At least it gives you a visual rendition of what perhaps John the Revelator was saying. <laughs> but of interest for us is verse 7. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature like an ox. And the third living creature had the face of a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. This is the pattern we are trying to walk into, to migrate into, to form ourselves into. It is not something that we were just doing because we can do it. Hallelujah. The last Sunday I said we must quickly migrate into this new formation that God revealed to the leadership to move into. And the four living creatures in, in, individually having six wings were full of eyes all over and within underneath their wings. And day and night, they never stop saying, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, omnipotent, who was and who is and who is to come. And whenever the living creatures offer glory and honor, thanksgiving to him, he who sits on the throne, who lives forever and never through the eternities of eternities, the 24 elders and the members of the heavenly Sanhedrin fall prostrate before him, who is sitting on the throne and they worship him. He who lives forever and ever. And they throw down their crowns before the throne crying out. Worthy are you. 
oh Lord God, to receive the glory and honor and dominion for you created all things and by you and by your will, they were brought into being and were created. The locale of this flow generates from the throne room of God in that green-like crystalline presence of God. Amen. That is why we see it. And surrounding it are these creatures. And when I was considering in my preparation what God was saying, that we are in a season where we are to start to touch base with the eldership of heaven. Our bishops in this stream, they have been talking about the eternal realms of Christ. Hallelujah. There are dimensions of eldership we are just about to start to touch base with. Beyond the four creatures. Said in another way, there are councils God will be inviting us into. And that is why he is saying, quickly migrate into these realities of the four faces that we are doing at Bible study level. Amen. The councils of God are the councils where Abraham found himself negotiating for Lot. Only such a man who had attained eldership could negotiate with God. Before God told Abraham, walk with me perfectly, there was a gap of 13 years after he had messed up with Hagar and Ishmael was born. He now is a man who has graduated in maturity. And then now God says, because you have now matured, I change your name. You will no longer be referred to as Abraham. I will refer to you as Abraham. And then I will ratify and make this covenant with you. Do you now start to understand why we have a seven year of sacrifice? It is an invitation to walk in blameless with God. It is an invitation to walk in maturity, to start to handle the counsels of God. That God can say like he would say to Abraham, I cannot do this thing and hide it from my servant. Abraham. He's my friend. Amen. Hallelujah. That is where we are being invited to. The locale of this flow therefore then is a den. Not a physical location, but the atmosphere of spiritual intimacy with the divine. And as it is in Eden, our obedience is what creates the ebb and flow. There is the mercy of God at play. There is nothing humanistic in this endeavor. There is nothing humanistic concerning sacrifice that God is calling us to. Amen. It is an invitation to walk into the depths of where God takes over. Hallelujah. God taking over. We have these Kenyanese say, Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah? We are in that season where you leave everything to God.
God is looking at the heart that is fully sold out to him. The depth of flow in your life will be a function of time and the quality of your obedience. The river of God, the flow eternal. As we consider the seven years of sacrifice, the comparison of the rich man given at the synagogue and the widow given at the temple helps understand the skills that God will use to weigh our sacrifice. The guy was given because of his abundance. The widow was given because it's all she had. Then there, he judges immediately. This given has been accepted because you are given out of your abundance. The young rich ruler, I have kept everything. Then he says, then go give everything away. And he moved away in sadness. Those are the scales that God is using to judge and weigh our sacrifice. I'm sharing this because there are weighty things as a household we are weighing. <laughs> I normally joke and say this, my wife, <laughs> she lives in heaven, but I just share a house with her. She, she, she has things and we would hear God and I said, there are very hefty sacrifices I will call upon you, household. I remember in April 24th, 2022, in a service, God would say, there is a sowing of Kairos. And one of you enjoined themselves in that word. And what they gave me was not so much. But when I was judging the weight of it, I could see the purity of that enjoyment. Hallelujah. Things are not what they appear to be, but what they represent. How can it be that the elements of our communion, bread and grape juice, represent the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ? Things are not just what they represent. I was at a company, I was working, I think it's 2012, 20, around that time, and in the history of that company, there have been two potlucks that have had fatalities. One time they had a potluck, somebody jumped out of whatever floor fell to his death. The second time I was in that company, there was a potluck. And guys were celebrating then the, the same evening. An expatriate who was in that company went to his house, took a shower, went home, sat down, poured himself a glass of wine, sat on his couch and died. It was his wife who was in Argentina who was trying to look and saw security, HR, found the guy seated quietly dead on his couch. It was a colleague of mine who is Muslim who said, by the way, we have had two potlucks. And in these two potlucks, people have died. Things are not what they appear to be. Amen. Amen. You ask yourself, when the Lord asks for a sacrifice, what does it represent? There's a preacher in South, Af South America, I forget which country. He was in a service 
Somebody comes and gifts him a Rolex. I've, I've told this story before. A Rolex. You, you go do research. I think Mohe is the one who likes watches. Eh? Go find out how much a Rolex costs. He's been given for free. He didn't have to buy it. He wears it. Like, eh, it's okay. Three weeks. Then the Lord says, give away that watch. There's a pastor's conference. And the Lord tells him, you will give it to specifically this pastor who's coming. So this particular Saturday, <laughs> this pastor who has had God to give away the Rolex delays to go to the conference and drags his feet. And by the time he's arriving, that's actually when the other pastor is reaching. He <laughs> said, you think you can play God? He <laughs> said, man of God, God said they give you this Rolex. Guy throws a tantrum. A few Sundays down the line, somebody comes and gives him some money. He say, here, God told me to give you this money. Hey, okay. Then he goes and buys a Inox watch, you know, hardened vanadium, vanadium uh, alloy watch. Very nice. And then comes to Sunday, says, hey, I've replaced the watch. And as they are leaving, this is South America, where drug lords are. Goes to a stoplight. A cartel comes, they're in a van, by the way, and spray the whole car with bullets. His wife is injured, the two children are okay, but the guy is hit by a bullet. No, he's, he's not left-handed like me. I, I wear my watch on my right hand. But he's hit by a bullet on the shoulder. He touches his shoulder like this, and a bullet was coming and ricochets off the vanadium oxide watch. He goes to hospital, he's injured, he's crying and telling God, why you asked me to give a Rolex? I gave it away, I bought a watch, it's now destroyed. And then the Lord, he's just listening. The doctors came. I said, had you not touched your shoulder, the bullet was going straight for your heart. And then the Lord said, when I asked you to give the, the watch, the Rolex, I was giving you your life back. The guy breaks down in tears and in repentance. And then God uses him for a massive revival in that part of the world. That's why I was saying the sacrifices that God is calling us to. Consider for a moment, they are not what they appear. You need to ascend into the realm of the spirit. He carried five loaves and two fish. Or is it what the other way around? packed lunch but it's not what it appeared to be it was what God was to use to feed 5,000 and there was 12 baskets that remained amen so if you're there and you have an instruction please bear in mind this the other side amen is the other side our obedience carry weight in the realm of the spirit and I would want to say and again remind one desire please spare no effort get that culture of heaven completed I have been interceding guys that this series and any other teachings hitherto do not become null and void. 
that they be, this, this intercession becomes an escape route into restoring the depths that God wants this house to carry. Amen. That is, that there is no gap in the expression of our dominion, in the contexts that he has in mind for us. Hallelujah. The flow of the river of God carries substance. There's a bit of feedback. Psalm 65 verse 9. You visit the earth and you water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain for so you have prepared it. It's Psalm 69 verse 9. Huh? 65, sorry. 65 verse 9. What I want to submit to us is that when the flow of the river of God starts to flow in your life, it has opportunity in it. Amen. Since September 2017, as a household, we have been praying for many people. We, we have a list of names. And the Lord said through Bishop, pray for these people. Don't just get jobs. <laughs> Hello. That they get wisdom to appropriate opportunities. That way, you can get a job and lose a job. Hello? But you can then get a job and then go maximize the opportunity of that job and get promoted. Hello? And grow in responsibility and management. Find wisdom. The principal thing. Amen? And so we have been praying since 2017. That people find wisdom and appropriate the opportunities that God is bringing their way. We see the four rivers in Eden. Okay. We have the river Pishon that has gold in it. And I've been doing a little bit of research that that gold has been qualified as the gold of Ophir. Hello. When we read the book of Job, Job says, I have pushed this gold as the dust on my feet. That because of the intimacy and the friendship of God over his tabernacle, the oil was flowing over him, him uh, as oil even on his feet. He had put gold below. Amen. Because of the depths this guy had. This is a man who had an altar that attracted the enemy's attention. He said, this guy I cannot touch. You've put such a hedge. But what was Job doing every day, every morning? He had his altar. He was sacrificing on that. He repenting on behalf of his children. But happenstance, they've made a mistake. He valued the friendship of God that way. <laughs> in, and, and you know, I was doing a bit of research. In 1 Kings 10.22, it is this gold of Ophir. That was used to build the temple. The thrones, the doors, everything was golden plated. The gold of Ophir. But we see it just out of a river in Eden. May the presence of God be so heavy in your life. Hello. May you carry the presence of God. May you have deep intimacy with him. That substance, we have said the money and wealth, and these are just the most basic things to consider. 
They're important, yes. But the primary source of it is the presence of God. I was trying to look for the Rema last year. We all need to go to our prayer closets and transact with him. The altar. Let me go. Today I want to move a bit fast. There is a flow of the spirit that once it reaches the valley of Baca causes it to be a place of springs. Fruit. We are training you to know and pursue God's perfect will so as you may do what? For who? The kingdom. There is a flow you need to have in your life. And you know, in 2013, uh, I need your help. I, I, I lost it. I, I needed to get it in my hard drives. There was a word in the month of March. I think it was 5th or 6th, 2013, where the Lord spoke about homes, schools, workplaces. And he took me back there. Okay, when we find it, let's give it to Mary. She will update and we'll take it from there. And then Lord, the Lord started to take me to the realities of how we need to get there. There's a song Rev. Richard got by revelation. How do we sing it? It's King's favorite song. Hey, Anchored in that song is the reality of a stream. I'm in Psalms 1. We're going to read 1 through 6. The microphones are working now. Okay, who's ready? Who, who can help me read? Amplified Classic Edition. If you have it on your device, who's ready? Just lift your hands quickly. Okay, Olilo is set as always. <laughs> I know you were having prayers for one year since March last year. He was always quick to paste scriptures in the chat. Take it away. Psalms 1 through 4, actually. Blessed, happy, prosperous, and enviable is a man who walks and leaves not the counsel of the Following their advice, their plans and purposes, not stand acting in the pathway. Ah, sits down to relax and rest, where the scornful and the mockers gather. Go on. But his delight, desire, are in the law of the Lord, and on his law, the precepts, the instructions, mm. the teachings of God, mm. he habitually meditates, mm. ponders and studies by day and by night. Mm. Go on. Verse 3. And he shall be like a tree, firmly planted and strengthened by the streams of water, ready to bring forth his fruit in the field. If leaf also shall not pay for wither, and everything he does shall and God will Verse 4. Not so the wicked, those disobedient and living without God will not so. But they are like the child, worthless, dead, without substance, which the wind drives away. 
my emphasis will be on verse 3. And God would say, let them know this, that if they remain rooted in the word that I have spoken over them, okay, meditating on it, the tree that bears fruit becomes firmly planted, tended by the stream of the word. Application, where God says that Anita's hands are blessed, that she maintains that focus and prays, meditates on it day and night. Then she goes to sun culture. I'm telling you things I used to do. My first job. I used to alight at Motherland and walk to Chania Avenue. That was a 10-minute walk. But between the dropping of the matatu to the gate of the office where I used to work, there was warfare now. Whether it was raining hot, the work of my hands are blessed. I went there as an editor. But by the time I was leaving, somebody's establishment, they had to hire three guys to replace me. Three. Mind you, six months into my other job, they used to still call me to consult without pay, of course, but it's all right. Amen. You meditate. You remain rooted. You follow the instructions. Hallelujah. You follow the teachings of God because they come with instructions. They're specifically tailor-made for you. You follow them. You start to bear fruit. The river of God, the flow eternal. It brings substance. It causes there to be fruit. It is like God is introducing, there's a geographical water, H2O, that you know. But then there is another flow. A spiritual flow. Hallelujah. There's another spiritual flow. Where you start to flow in wisdom beyond your ears. Why they're like, huh? You know, I have many stories, but I don't. Let's go. Let's go. Let's interrogate the levels of your stream and your system. In the week, and you know, there are people who are DMing me one-on-one, asking me, how do I know the quality of my system? We spoke about a system last week. Please take us to Proverbs 5, 15 to 19. And if you may, please give us in the King James Version. This reality of a cistern. A cistern is a reservoir of the word. Hello. It's the imagery of it is you keep water in it. And if you are from the reserve, like some of us who used to have Ocha to go to. Ocha is Hebrew for... <laughs> where they would store water in pots. You come from... Working the farm, and you serve that water in a calabash, and you sit down under a tree, and you sip those waters. Ah, they're so refreshing. Hmm? That's an imagery of a cistern. Drink waters out of thine own cistern, and running waters out of thine own well. There are two imageries between a cistern and a well, which is bigger. 
There are places of extraction, separation. Let me not go there. Verse 2. Let thy fountains, that's another imagery, my God, be dispersed abroad and rivers of waters in the streets. Rivers, fountains, cisterns, wells, four, okay? Let them be only thine own and not strangers with thee. You have a choice. <laughs> Verse 18. Let thy fountain be blessed Ooh. and rejoice with the wife of thy youth. I'm coming there. Verse 19. <laughs> ah, today, it's not me. I've just been sent. <laughs> Let her be as the loving hind and pleasant role. Let her breast satisfy thee all at all times and be thou ravished always with her love. You know, Jehovah took me someplace. He started to, to, to show me about Abraham when he was telling him, Walk perfectly with me, right? Be mature. And then they were ratifying their covenant. When he was speaking to him, he was speaking to him as El Shaddai. Hello? What does El Shaddai mean? The gracious one in provision. There's a great symbolism for divine supply and increase in that name, El Shaddai. What does that name mean? Shad. In Hebrew, that word means breast. Stay in the spirit. Shaddai is plural, meaning he's the many-breasted one. Are you flowing with me? So, when Jacob is also blessing his son Joseph, please go with me quickly to Genesis 49, verse 22 to 24. And if you may, in the ESV, if you do not have it, I'll read it. Joseph, a fruitful bough, a fruitful bough by a spring. His branches ran over a wall. Archers bitterly attacked him, shot at him and harassed him severely. Yet his bough remained unmoved. His arms were made agile by the hands of the mighty one of Jacob. From, the, from there is the shepherd and the stone of Israel. Verse 25, by God of your father, who will help you? <laughs> The Almighty who will bless you with the blessings of heaven above. Blessings of the deep that crouches beneath. Blessings of the breasts and of the womb. The imagery there is multiplication, fruitfulness. Are we together? This is a reality I'm currently living in, in my house. We have Master Nate. He's young. He's helpless. There is the supply that he craves for very so often. What God is saying there, as El Shaddai, I will provide. Amen. I will provide. Let's go. Jesus Christ, may God help this country. The things I'm about to say. It's all right. Isaiah 60 verse 16. I'm, I'm, I'm delineating and helping us understand Jehovah as El Shaddai, the many-breasted one, the one who supplies to everyone, he says, you shall suck the milk of nations. This is the restoration of Israel in Isaiah 60. The one that says, arise and shine for your light has come. Fast forward to verse 16. You shall suck the milk of nations. You shall nurse at the breast of kings. And you shall know that I, the Lord, am your savior, redeemer, the mighty one of Jacob. This is El Shaddai speaking of provision. 
Okay. When therefore he's speaking to this young man in Proverbs, he's saying, stay in your stream. Be f- have fidelity to the thing that I've revealed to you, not to those that have been revealed to strangers. Stay rooted and planted in your stream. Express consistency day and night. This is what he was telling Joshua in Joshua 1, 8 and 9. Meditate on this word day and night. This is the key to your fruitfulness. And so if you are like me, I record, I write down, hello. I reread. Bible says, once have you spoken, twice have I heard that power belongs to you. There is a place of, I was telling you, assistance is for generating power. The word of God, that's why the devil comes for it. That's why he comes to steal the word out of your heart. How does he access your heart? Reference Ascendancy series, worries, concerns, and the other side of the continent, pleasure. That chokes your word. Those are other streams. And the Lord was telling me, <laughs> this nation, this nation is at great risk. He was starting to show me the mystery behind Netflix. He said, be very careful. Three years ago, there was a word over the house about entertainment. How many remember? Okay, what happened at the beginning of this year with Netflix in Kenya? They reduced the prices. Highly discounted. Said in another way, the word of God over this nation is at risk because of more enjoy or binge watching series after series. After. And if you have a subscription like me, ah, these are an alert. Cleopatra is out. This one. And then I'm like, ah, you're a risk taker. Delete. Because I know that has come to contend over my life. And my household. Now to balance things out. That is not to say. You don't watch. Eh? I'm not uh, going to be Puritan. And prescribe. Hello. You're mature. Balance for yourself. Okay. <laughs> in Deuteronomy. The Bible will say. I have put in front of you what. But do what. <laughs> A friend of mine posted this on. Uh, on Instagram yesterday, and I found it curious that as I was uh, preparing for the sermon, uh, and she posted, she said, uh, are you feeling the tax bite? <laughs> A century ago, every male in Kenya, aged at least 16, employed or not, paid 12 shillings, all tax per year. Okay. If married, there was an additional 12 shillings annual breast tax for the man. It was tougher for the polygamous man who paid breast tax per wife. <laughs> you know, and in my, my, my mother tongue, <laughs> you know the way they call this tax. I don't know if I go there. Kikuyu has a way of, you know... <laughs> You need to speak that language in your heart to understand the weight of ego tiriyanyodo. I'm like, really? You know, 
And if you are not paying this tax, hello, you are arrested, imprisoned, and forced in penury and hard labor. Then the Lord told me, do you see the systems of the world that are against what I have already spoken to that young man? It was an affront to the provision of El Shaddai. Why would you have us consider this in the sermon, dear Lord? I'm coming to you. Because of the word of the Lord over this house about homes, schools, workplaces. And as a leadership, when we've we've been praying, God is talking about married couples. Okay. And he starts to say that the solution for marriages, they that are dating, just so you know, hear me out as well. They that are aspiring to get a damsel to be with, hear me out. The word of the Lord is as such. Stay in your stream. Drink from your cistern. It takes you now from the cistern to the reality of a well. It takes you from the reality of a well to a fountain. It now now takes you to the other reality of rivers. Stay in your stream. Hello? Okay? Satisfaction in your marriage. Take us back to Proverbs. Is a function of staying in your stream. Consider for a moment the dissatisfaction as a married man you have. The unsettling is because you're not staying in your stream. That which God spoke to you. You're not being like Job daily working on your altar. There is no increase of flow from a cistern to a well to a fountain to a river. Because, verse 16, verse 17, sorry. You're considering strangers, philosophies, cunningly devised fables that are so strategically positioned to displace the word of God in your life. In my household, when you come, the first thing we ask, what is God saying? We are trying to establish your system. We are trying to establish your well, your fountain, and your river. We don't want to waste time. Okay, any person who has come for consultancy, for business and everything, that is our first stop. Because we know satisfaction in verse 18 is there. There is a mystery. You know, the Lord started to tell me. In Genesis, Bishop has taught this very well. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female. Consider for a moment the physique of a woman is actually an expression of God himself as El Shaddai. Happy Mother's Day. Both biologically as well as spiritually. This gospel took women, the first woman. I'm now going to the women, the side of the women. I had not forgotten. It's Happy Mother's Day. I was uh, smothering you up for slaughter. Also, I think. 
the Samaritan woman, she's at a well. She said, can you help me? I say, drink. I say, uh, I don't want to go. It's uh, a whole 30 verses. Jesus asks for water. Then she says, verse 10, if you only had known and recognized. Now, wait. <clears throat> verse 7, presently, when a woman of Samaria came along to draw water, Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone off into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask me a Samaritan, a woman for that matter, for a drink? For the Jews have nothing to do with Samaritan. Jesus answered her, so if you only had known and recognized God's gift, and who is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him instead and he would have given you living water. Hello? Okay. I'm balancing this, especially in the marital union. That the satisfaction in this union is actually drinking the stream that your husband has dug. Amen. Again, if I may refer to the live example we had on Sunday. Her being taken care of is a function of the depth of the stream Ethan digs, musically speaking. This woman amazes me. Verse 11, she said to him, Sir, I have nothing to draw and nothing, draw, no drawing bucket and the well is deep. How can you provide living water? Where do you get your living water? Uh, are you greater and superior to our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well who used to drink from it himself and his sons and his cattle also? Jesus answered her, all who drink of this water will be thirsty again. Being anchored in the stream that God, the texture of the flow of God in your household is a, will make you not thirst again. There is satisfaction. God watereth the earth, satisfies it. When it rains, doesn't it rain on all households? Hello? And they that capture, now I'm speaking symbolically, God help me. Joel chapter 2 the former and the latter rain shall fall if you capture the flow of the spirit per season there is your satisfaction you have those cool refreshing waters how you capture the flow of the spirit per time per season is by being aware of the flow of the spirit by ascending into the realm of the spirit if you have noticed our services are no longer plain liturgy there are ascensions. Hello. Ascend into the presence of God. Capture the flow for yourself. Preserve it. Spare no effort to hedge against any interference with that flow of God. Therein, you will cease to be a Samaritan. Verse 14, but whoever takes a drink of the water that I will give him shall never, no, never be thirsty anymore. But the water that I will give him shall become a spring of water welling up, flowing, bubbling continually within him into and for eternal life. And the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I may never get thirsty nor have to come continually all the way here to draw. And Jesus said to her, go, call your husband and come back here. <laughs> Set up. Is that my husband? Yes, you are right. Even you are at number five. 
satisfaction. I hate to go back to the warning to the damsel last week, but this is what God is saving you from. Lack of satisfaction. Verse 18, for you have, and, and, and the woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said, you have spoken truly in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five <laughs> husbands. And the man you are now living with. Let me stop. Hi. Let me behave. Is no, the man you're now living with is not your husband. When you fail to continually ascend at a household level, you reduce yourself to roommates. You're living together. And the essence, you're doing life, by the way. And the essence of the vows we all said in our service to the Lord died. Oh my God, the stream that is in this lineage. We have to bring things to order. And then the woman's eyes are open. She says, Sir, I see and understand that you are a prophet. Our forefathers worshipped in this mountain, blah, blah, blah. And there's all the imagery of worship that is spoken over there. That is why in that household, there's no generation of power. Because there's a man who's not staying in the stream or digging depths of the stream. And the woman, on the other hand, is not satisfied and is considering other things. <clears throat> it was weighty to receive this from the Lord. Why? Because I have to give an account. When he asked me, Father and Son, where are the altars? This is as a result of that inquiry. Where are our streams? You know, my assignment will be done by next Sunday. And I will go back to the Father and say, Father, I've done that which you said to me to do. So somebody asked me, how do I check the quality of my system? I hope you're starting to get an idea. I, 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 I wrote a line here. We balance the equation in our marriages. The man is to focus on his system and the wife is to drink from the flow of the divine. The purpose for the union. We cease to do life. We are not doing life. Hello. Ogila. I know you're doing premarital. Your system. She sees satisfaction. Spect on this. You must man your altar. Become a job. Amen. Become a job. This starts to give credence or opportunity to our men's fellowships. Hello? Men's come. Yes. August 5th, 2012, God spoke. There is a place of submission to the Most High we must get back to. 
then our marriages we will experience satisfaction because there's that promise her breasts will satisfy you nay it's not her it is jehovah el shaddai enabling her for fulfillment of purpose don't be carnal and adam looked at eve and say bone of my bone flesh of my flesh a help meet for him had been made the word in hebrew there is ezakenego helper the only person made in the likeness of the holy spirit woman el shaddai So by the time we are saying happy mothers day you check what aspect of el shaddai is being experienced in your household we have been told as husbands to look at them as the weaker vessel nay ah it's so deceptively no they carry a capacity for the multiplication of purpose that she carries a grace and a capacity for the purpose that god has called you to attain whether you bear children or not i have to balance and be careful with my submissions today this is the idea of purpose that god is talking about then will you be satisfied father we extrapolate this reality to the bride of christ herself she is to focus on the stream that is the purpose of god and not other philosophies of men and cunningly devised fables you have church being infiltrated by philosophy motivational speakers strange streams I'm sorry today I'm weighing heavily on the apostolic side. Allow me to bring things to order. We must go back to the place of inquiry. What is God saying? Hello. Now that the government is largely and listening to the church, we must speak the irrevocable oracles of God and say, "Nay, thus says the Lord." the admonition is for the what of the word to dwell in us richly the grand ethiopian renaissance dam as of november 22 was at around 605 meters and i have a colleague an egyptian who's persona non grata they are not allowed into ethiopia because of the diplomatic stalemate between those two countries right he tells me of many stories that are don't bring fables to church <laughs> hello right it will take between 4 and 7 years to fill with water and so the battle between these two countries is please don't close the dam so fast take 10 years we have millions to feed in cairo And Ethiopia says we have also our millions we need power. But they Kenya has already pre-bought power from Ethiopia. 
Okay. Depending on hydrologic conditions during the filling period, it will take four to seven years. So Cairo is saying, make it 10 years. Ethiopians are obstinate. They are very hard-headed. They are saying, no, it, we want it to fill as fast as possible. The reality with the Egyptians are such that the revolution, the Jasmine revolution that took place, was it called the Jasmine? That revolution was because of bread and hunger. So they are careful. They don't want the masses to revolt. And so because this big river that is flowing and meeting the white and the blue Nile, they meet together and make the whole Nile. There is no rain in that country, just so you know. They rely on the Nile. Just so you know, there are colonial treaties that were made. That's why we don't use Lake Victoria for irrigation. Just so you know. So, take time. Back in the day, I think 2012, 2013, Bishop used to say, I need a fullness before I can speak some things. The imagery there is the word is filling up. He wants clarity on some matters. You can hear God. Like he was saying, last, last Sunday, he was using me as an example. I was nowhere near that vicinity to hear. He needed a fullness. Hello? And when the time of my dealings with God was over, we had right. Oh, and I was a pastor. I was like, I will be accused. I told God, I cut deals with God. I cut deals with God. Ah, I was like, I need to be satisfied. Because I would start a fellowship and there are three men, the rest are women. I was like, right. I need somebody to help me with these women. The idea of purpose was weighing heavy on me. There are spiritual daughters in the house. They would come with their issues, would listen. Now I'm telling Jehovah, my God, help me. I said, this one, because now I'm deep into the pastoral, this one you have to speak to her. And to speak to her, he did. She reported herself. Bishop was in uh, Preet Apartments back then. When she went, he burst out laughing. <laughs> I think Mary was like, why are you laughing? <laughs> you know? Wait. Hallelujah. You need time. You can hear the word of God over your life. It's an invitation to build a dam. The amount of voltage power that will be out of that dam, the GERD, it's just not here in Kenya, will be so humongous. It will supply not only Ethiopia, but the surrounding countries. Colossians 3.16, let the word spoken by Christ the Messiah have its home in your hearts and minds and dwell in you in all its richness as you teach and admonish and train one another in all insight and intelligence and wisdom in spiritual things and as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody to God with his grace and in your hearts. The result of the word of God dwelling produces all those things. The word of God over this house is to sing our own songs. 
The government of God is such that we rarely actually sing other songs. Not because they are bad. Because the exacting government of God over the house at the moment is we sing our own songs. All right, if you go to our YouTube channel, Ella Ambola, Ella, what, what are they saying? No, don't worry. It looks foolish. We are building a dam. Because there's power that is being built. Amen. That is the government of the Christ. Righteous requirements. Why do we do the, our things the way we do? We, let me not even go there. Ephesians 5, 23 to 27. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. Himself as savior of his body, and as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives also be subject in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives. I like how scripture balances things. As Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to the church himself a glorious splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such things, that she might be holy and faultless. We are subject to Christ as a church. As he washes us with his word. What the word of God does. I don't know about you. When you hear a word. In that word. Is your sanctification. In that word. Is your justification. Okay. In that word is your journey. In that word is your primary focus. I invite you. Please go to the YouTube channel. Watch. Uh. April 24th, when I was doing the Ascendancy series, watch all those wheelbarrow sessions we were having. If I were you, if you've not already done so, go write down that everything that was spoken, Kaleke. I remember you spoke in three different languages. You went into dimensions of your future. I, I wish if I were you, I'd go back to that spot in the realm of the spirit. And start to dig depths. Generational depths. Amen. My sermon is over for today. I want us to pray. Now get a minstrel, please. I don't know where you are. Maybe you're on this side of the continent where you've heard the word and you say, ah, Sawa, it will come to pass. No. That word requires your participation to cleanse your system. That word requires your participation to dig in scriptures, to go deep. Hey. You know, there's a flow when I was 16, about 17, I was in my room doing homework. My mom came and as was her custom, by the way, she heard about my father when she was in the mountain of the Lord, praying and fasting in the late 60s. 
<laughs> and the obedience and the instruction God gave her is that because of the assignment of God in this person I'm setting aside for you to marry is for ministry. I want you to pray and deliver him from polygamy, the spirit of polygamy. My grandfather, my paternal grandfather had five wives. He was the one who was paying breast tax like that. Hello. My mom delivered him in prayer. And for the length of their marriage, God told you, your assignment is to pray for him. And I could see she had a culture where very so often, because she was a trained teacher, very so often schools were closed. She'd go to YWCA and spend a week praying. So that particular day, she came to my room and said, son, I was in the presence of the Lord. I was praying for you. And all I, as I do, I was praying for all my children. And the Lord told me, you're going to go to university. It was something that I was... Me, I just wanted to finish high school and go make money. All right. <laughs> This is who I was. When holidays were out, I was making money. I never went to ask my parents for money. Oh, see you if you are too old, see you dictionary. Ah, 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 ah. I was like, I'll make my own money. Yes? And the, so the Lord spoke to mom and told her, tell this young one he'll go to university. The automatic thing of inquiry from that posture, from that word, made me also start to pray and fast. And for the length of my high school, every Wednesday I gave up my lunch. And in the school where I had gone, that Wednesday was when they served ugali and beef. I gave it up. I said, because of this speaking, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm trying to show you the other continent. There are those who are like, ah, it will come to pass. What that word did in me caused me to go into inquiry. You can hear a word and it pushes you into silence. What God was also telling me, empty debates make noise. You wait until you hear a heavy duty prophetic word. It keeps you silent. It causes you to separate yourself from your friends. Because you go and ask God, how will it be? Keshas. Ah, you think you are struggling with sleep, Olilo? Me. Ah, Kesha, six, nine, until 5 a.m. When they're saying amen, that's when I would wake up in a Kesha. But after that word, Jehovah God, I was like, Braskete. Show me how will this be? The reality in my extended family, I was the first one to ever go. And so I became a standard for my nephews. I used to take them. I studied in Jamhuri High School. I used to take them for swimming. And I'm like, Angkor has gone to campus. We also will go to campus. And they've all exceeded me. They've gone, they've done, they've done, they've done. When I was telling Brian, it's because I was remembering that stream that was instigated by that prophetic instruction from my mother. Suffice it to say, she's the one who taught me how to pray. When we used to go to church, I used to sit next to her and she would pray in tongues. 
Makata braka sentebe. She would also interpret tongues. The church where he was I grew up is she. The Holy Spirit, you know, just like this church, used to speak in very deep, clean Kikuyu. I was like Jehovah God. This Luo man has spoken Kikuyu in tongues, just so you know. There's a time he spoke six languages. German, French, Spanish, Kikuyu, Kikamba. Some other languages. We were at Norwich Union, you remember? I remember. So there are dimensions the Holy Spirit can take you. What am I doing? I'm connecting the series, the nine-part series on tongues, the decoded language. That series was not for jokes. If I were you, if I were you, I'd go listen to it. The, Mary has created a playlist. They've cut, cut, cut. They've created series, someone now. Nine part. Go sit and marinate in it. Partner with the Holy Spirit. Ask him, how will it be? In the rainy season, water carries a lot of substance. Silt and dirt and everything. You need to scoop that water and take it to a place and put it in a cistern and let it settle and start to get gold out of it. Start to get nutrition out of it to grow your tree. Filter that water and let it grow your tree. Uh, this is what it means that we will train you to know pursue God's perfect will so as to yield fruit for his kingdom. Thank you for listening to this audio. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe and share with a friend.